Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. And today we're doing questions we've always wanted to ask a German. Hello. But Jeff, there's no German here. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask me, I can't ask you, so right. episode over or what's going to go? It's not over. Oh, okay. We, you know, we figured it out. We're smart people. So we have Felicia from Feli from Germany, uh, YouTube channel, coming to visit us today and answer some of our questions that we have for the Germans. Excellent. Let's do it. Okay. And thank you all for joining us once again. This is episode 112 it of is. the Americans in Germany Drinking Whiskey podcast. Thank you for coming back and for you newbies. Thank you for joining just in the, you know, in the beginning, you know. Yeah. Hi. If, if this is the episode you're starting on, I applaud your bravery. <laughs> Thanks for joining as well. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, good good to good to have you all here. Now, of course, we're going to dive into some news and updates and what's your have yous uh before we get to the topic, right? We will. Yes. First one we have big big news. Guys, big, large. <laughs> Please, we have a brand new YouTube channel. Come check it out. Links in the description and uh we're doing a lot of similar things to do here but in YouTube form. Going to be a bit different. You can see our faces. Jeff's a good-looking guy. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, and guys, this is not just a recording of the podcast. These are completely new, new content, but we're covering the, all the cool same Germany-Europe-related stuff, uh, but just YouTube format. So the same old guys, the same old whiskey, but just different format. So check us out on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search AGDW channel, or go to the link in the description. Let's do it. So uh, some bad news for Americans and visitors from non-EU countries Starting in May of 2023, it will no longer be free to travel to Europe. Uh-oh. The EU will be implementing its own ETIAS program, or European Travel Information Authorization System. This means Americans traveling to Europe will first need to fill out a quick online form and pay a process fee of roughly $7. Uh, of course, Europe residents are not you know, going to do that. So, so we don't have to pay every time we come We're back good. from the States. Yeah. But before you get angry, don't forget that the U.S. has had its own ESTA or ESTA program for years now. Uh, this has required Europeans to register before traveling to the States right. and charges them an even higher fee of $21. And when you pay that fee, it's not guaranteed that you'll get accepted. Right, yeah, but, true. Well, although I think it's like 99% people, it's, it's only if you're like a felon or something. It's, that it's, you like, don't, it's yeah. like, a, like a baby visa. Exactly. Yeah. So. so now Europe's like clapping back and we do our own. Yeah, it's a tit for tat move, which is fair enough. It's like, they're like, okay, our citizens have to do this to visit you. So how about you have to do it now? Right, just one third the price. Fair enough. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so just be aware of that for next summer. Now, uh, speaking of this summer, starting July 1st, which for those of you listening now will have been a few days ago, the official Schnell tests in Germany, uh, which are the rapid antigen uh, COVID tests uh, given at like German test centers, will no longer be free. Now, we've been warning you that for, about that for a month or so, um, and will instead cost three euro. So they didn't make it 20 euro like people were saying. It's only three euro. Um, but those in risk groups, however, can still uh, have the tests for free. That's and, nice. And I think they said they made it low, so that way there's nobody saying, like avoiding getting tested just because, right. oh, it's 20 euro. It's only three euro. Come on, guys. If, if you're sick, just go get tested. Let's go get a test. Exactly. And hey, everyone, please do not forget, we are having a meetup in two weeks. In-person meetup. In-person meetup where you can meet Jeff. In flesh. And Alex. <laughs> in flesh. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible, but you can meet us, and it's it's, it's going to be a good time. And that is on July twenty second, okay, at um, Mokum Bar on Danzigerstrasse. That's M O K U M. It's in Prenzlauerberg, yep. and we'll be meeting uh, from seven till ten at Mokum Bar. And that's July twenty second. Yes, that's a Friday. Have some beers. We'll hang out, and we might have some games, and we'll for sure have a prize. Absolutely. So uh, hope hope to see uh, some of you there. Be there or be square. And another weird or kind of saddest news, people from all over the world enjoy coming to Germany for its tuition-free bachelor's and master's programs. Yes, they do. However, it looks like this may not last for long. Uh, Bavaria, of course, Bavaria. It's always Bavaria. Bavaria has announced its intention to start charging tuition to all students from non-EU countries. Mm. The German state of Baden-Württemberg, for example, already started charging non-EU students in 2017 and they must pay 1,500 euro per semester. Americans might not think that's a lot of money, but in Germany, that's a lot of money. Yeah. The state of Saxony, or Sachsen, allows foreign students to be 
uh, charge tuition as well. Uh, Bavaria's fee has been rumored to be higher at 2,000 euro per semester. So that'd be uh, four four thousand uh, a year or something like that. Yeah, which doesn't sound crazy, but again, from zero to four thousand, and again, this is only for foreigners. Germans and EU citizens will still have the, I mean, the I guess, free. I guess if you're American, four thousand is still like one one hundredth of what you're paying in the states. But still, it's like this is one of the whole reasons that attracts American students to to Germany. Yeah, be- because it's for the for the free master's programs, etc. And now, but now. Ooh, suddenly, and I actually read an article where it said when, um, when uh, what is it, uh, Baden-Württemberg? Yeah. When yeah. they switched from going to free to the tuition, their uh, number of um, foreigners signing up dropped by like 30 or 40%. Oh, like, wow. Well, okay, overnight. so big, big effect. So, so obviously from free to something, uh, of course, is going to affect the amount of students. And they kind of were like, oh, should we go back you know, to being free? Because suddenly, okay, now we're gaining money, but we lost so much from... You know the de- decrease right, in students, right, right. so I think they um, should because education should always be free. But it's too bad because that's three out of German state, three out of the sixteen German states. So who knows? Twenty years, it could be more than half. Charge yeah. eventually, all foreigners have to pay. It's, it's unfortunate. So. Surprised Blin hasn't done it because they just need any type of money, you know? Yeah, which Bavaria doesn't need anything because they are literally the richest state in all of Germany. So. Come on, Bavaria, just shit together. Anyway, so uh, how you been? How you doing? It was a uh, it was a scorcher this weekend. Oh man, it Jesus. was just sweltering. Yeah, yeah, I'm alright. Uh, I was a little sick on Saturday. Nothing big, just like coughing, sore throat. But uh, I'm negative. So just good. COVID. Just just, <laughs> just a light case of COVID. No, no, no just uh, a little bit of coughing. I don't know why. I think I think the weather change. You know, uh, like last weekend for like two weekends ago, for example, it went from 37 degrees to 17 in a day. So I think, you know, this up and down has been affecting my body. Sure, yeah. it, it does. Like, yeah. And then on Sunday, I went to a American football game. Go see Berlin Thunder versus Leipzig Kings. And we lost again. Uh, I'm pretty used oh, yeah, to that. You, you told me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you invited me, but when I woke up on Sunday, I was super tired. And then I looked and it was... 35 degrees. Yeah. So 90 degrees, basically in Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, yeah. And... When I was already tired and just lacking any strength, and I went when I went outside into my garden and just felt, I was like, "There's no way I can sit for three hours with this beating down on me in a, in a football game. I'll just die." I mean, luckily, and, the stadium is shaded, so that's really nice. So it wasn't too bad in the stadium; it was actually pretty okay. And uh, beer is very freely available, so it's nice and cold. Yeah, but I'm but, glad I didn't go because afterwards, when I texted you, you you said like you guys were basically near death's door because of the over drink the dehydration and the heat and everything yeah like i don't know i, I definitely we definitely had some a few beers but uh, i think the heat just made us get a little more a little more tipsy than we wanted to be <laughs> yeah um but yeah so i didn't get up to much uh, this weekend I was, like saturday it had been like a few months i mean of course we clean our house but it's been a few months since we've done like a really big clean. deep deep clean where you move every piece of furniture and, oh, i love you know, a deep clean um but it was rough because that day it was also um in the thirties and yeah. yeah, it was like four or five hours and you're just sweating balls. And by the end of it, we're just dead. So yeah, that weekend I didn't do much, but it's kind of like, it's got to happen at some point. Right. So it's just, no, no, exactly. We, yeah, that's why it's called spring cleaning, Jeff. Cause you do it in the spring when it's not too hot. Yeah. Well, if you only do it once a year, your place is just going to be gross. So I suggest doing it more than once a year. Yeah. <laughs> totally do that. <laughs> and speaking of the heat, it looks like some uh, smoke's coming off this, this whiskey here. <laughs> You you think that's a terrible transition, but it's actually fantastic because this is uh, we are drinking today Smokehead uh, single malt Scotch whiskey, peat intensity, spice sweetness, distilled and bottled in Scotland. Ian McLeod or McLeod McLeod uh, Distillers, forty three percent. Nice, and it has a big uh, like a golden skull skull on the front. Yeah, that looks like it's kind of like smoky, and it came in like a. You know those the, the like um what are they officially called the sleeves sleeves yeah. or the tube that the whiskey came in usually it's a cardboard this one was a a metal which sleeve. is nice but it's like then I feel bad throwing it out but that's the first thing you do is like nobody keeps the sleeves you throw you just you throw them out I don't care have the bottle yeah I'm gonna do the sleeve but I was saying like at least the cardboard one I can cut it up and recycle it this right. metal one I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with that thing you can store your pennies in there I don't know but um, <laughs> sure let's do it this has a plastic cork Ooh. Uh, not a fan. But all right, well, let's check out this smokehead. Okay, that was solid. Uh, ooh, oh wow, whoa! Strong smell. I can already smell. It. I haven't even poured it yet. Yeah. Ooh, what is it? Strong alcohol smell or just like smoke and peaty? Let me see this. 
oh my lord, this is oh I don't know if I like this. I'm not a huge. I, th- I think you're gonna hate this. Okay, this is um. This smells very. I, mean, I, I might like. I like smoky whiskeys, but this is yeah. Like, I mean, who knows? But yeah, yeah. But you're, but you're right. Usually, to smell, you have to put your nose basically. In the, this one, I could smell from a good like thirty centimeters away. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like a dog. Let's check it out. Cheers. That's smoky. Yep. But yeah, the, the smell leads you to believe it's gonna be super strong but for me even for me this is it's it's definitely smoky but it's not too much for me okay good good so i think that's a good barometer on on how smoky something is <laughs> but yeah okay let's uh again I, I don't usually drink something this smoky so uh maybe over this episode all it'll grow on me who knows hey, you never know see what happens um but before you know we get into the episode and talk to felicia which i'm very excited about um everybody who's listening here if you'd like to give us a five-star review in apple podcasts you know we'd super appreciate it Again, you don't have to. It's your life. No, I mean, you could also like sand the hull of your boat. Uh, you know, you get, could do get that. Get a nice and get those barnacles off. You know, there's, there's other things you can do with your time, of course. So, uh, yeah, but, you, but, you know, if you had some time and you, could, and you enjoy the show. You could always Google different types of shells and where they come from. Exactly. And then go back to like those few that you got on your vacation to Hawaii and be like, oh, that's a. Yeah, I mean, that, that's show. not actually the worst way to spend your time. No. But if you don't want to do those two things, you could give us a five star review on our podcasts. Or check out our website. True. Many do say it is the best website in the world, agdwpodcast.com. Yes. We won't go all into it. You guys all know there's bunches of extras and cool photos and shelves of fame and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. But go check it out for yourself. Make a little exploration. Why not? Yeah. Also, check out our Instagram, which is at americans.in.germany.podcast. That's the best way to you know uh, reach us if you want to send us a message. Absolutely. Or that's where we post a lot of our uh, news and we post things sometimes on there. It's the funny thing is I still don't know what the ad, like the, that, what you just said. If somebody asked me, what's your Instagram address? I have no idea. Like, oh, really? I, oh, really? I, I'm totally dependent on, you know, even though I update the Instagram a lot, I, yeah. but you don't, you don't have to know what your Instagram hand handle is. So you're not logged in, in all the time. It's like AOL, you know? Yeah. No, no. But mine's like permanently logged in. So right. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah so like, I don't so yeah, But anyways, so if somebody asked me, I would have no idea. I'd have to call you and ask you what our Instagram is. But without further ado, let's... Uh, well, well, you know, like maybe we, in case people don't know, you know, uh, Felicia... True. ...is is the host of Feli from Germany, which is a very popular YouTube channel. Uh, she is uh, from Germany, originally from Munich, and she has been living in Ohio in the U.S. for, who I want to say, the past Many years. six, seven years, something like that. And so she does kind of the opposite of our show. She is... Uh, a German in America, and actually her original YouTube channel name used to be A German Girl in America, which was the reverse of our name, but, you know, legal reasons, she had to change it. Right, and ago, uh, so. she has a great YouTube channel, a lot of fun information, and totally, she puts yeah. a lot of work into it, definitely a lot more than we do. So uh, check her out, and uh, let's get to know her. Yeah, let's go. And as we mentioned before, we are here with the host Felicia of the YouTube channel Faily from Germany, the YouTube channel you all know and love, of course, about <laughs> being an expat in the U.S. as a German. Literally, the reverse. She basically copied us to the reverse of right, what, exactly. Of what we did. We were definitely first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a copycat. Actually, I think she was five years before. She was way first. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't move before you guys, but I think uh, I think I started my my online presence before you did <laughs> you did by, by a little bit yeah, yeah. but anyways <laughs> w- welcome back i i want to say you. the third or fourth time i don't know you've been on the show a few times so uh yep. yeah you know pretty sure pretty sure this is the third time that i'm on your podcast and then you guys were on our podcast understanding train station one time so that was also true. a very cool episode so if you guys want to check that out maybe you can link that somewhere true of course we'll we'll do all the linkages all the i mean I'm, I'm guessing you can go to <laughs> Uh, there's an understandingtrainstation.com, of course, that you can go to and find that episode. Uh, yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not sure if we still have that linked, but um, I think if you go to anchor.fm slash understandingtrainstation, you can definitely find it. Right. Or or just just Google understanding train station, <laughs> Americans <laughs> drink whiskey, and then, you know, just yeah, use that Google, exactly. Google machine. On, yeah. Really put it on a spot right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you'd have a website. <laughs> No, we definitely we did in the beginning, and then we changed providers or like hosting platforms. Yeah. Um, and then I don't remember if we forwarded the domain. So um, ah, yeah, okay. just to be sure, um, Anchor.fm/slash Understanding Train Station, or also on YouTube, you can find us there. Nice. Yeah, nice. guys. She, yep. she has a YouTube channel as well. So you know, come on, you can't keep track of all this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a lot going on. We can keep track of being a German, though. Right? We can. Yes, uh, Felicia. So we're putting you on the spot today. I know. Uh, asking you questions that we've always wanted to ask a German 
but you know, you're far away from us. So you can't, you know, if you get mad, we can just close laptop and it's over, you know, <laughs> oh, so gosh. it's very easy. <laughs> No, they're 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 you know this is all in jest. There there might be something that sounds well, like I wouldn't say all in jest. Not all in jest, but the ones that sound like they're in jest, those ones are in jest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the right? funny ones are the funny ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 So I'll Clear. start. And uh, so how, as a German, you, how does it feel that you're often portrayed as the bad guys in a lot of uh, American films, especially like World War II films? You well, know, that, well like, they, they yeah. were the bad. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. First of all. I would like to put a disclaimer here that, of course, I can't respond for all Germans. And I'm sure many right. other Germans have different opinions on this. And I know that especially, like, I get these comments on my YouTube channel from, like, other Germans a whole lot where, like, they strongly disagree with me and, like, just want to get that out there. This is just my experience. Um, but, okay, from my personal experience, I feel like I don't really mind or I feel like we don't really mind because, like, we were the bad guys. So, and you guys probably know this, but we're very aware of our bad past and like we course, yes. take responsibility and i think that it doesn't really bother us um i mean of course it would be nice if we were also maybe portrayed more in like hollywood productions and other ways too um but i honestly feel like it's still even if it's a nazi movie it's still kind of cool to like hear german for example on a hollywood production even though it's like it's in a bad context but it's still kind of like oh hey they're speaking german or like it, it takes place in germany look at the street signs or something like that True. In a way, it's it's kind of like a way to guarantee that uh, Germans and Germany are, are going to continue to be in Hollywood films because World War II is such a popular subject, right? But, so, you know, World War II movies, regardless, is also, you know, the Hans Grubers of the world. Like diehards, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, Germany for a while, especially in the early 90s, were kind of the, the atypical bad guys. Exactly, and then it became, yeah. you know, the Russians. And but for, right. for a while, it was like Germans and Russians going back and forth. If there was yeah. a, some sort of a terrorist organization, it was always a Germans or a Russian mafia right. or something <laughs> exactly. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what does suck a little bit is like when, especially when I came over here to, to the US, like I expected people to maybe associate Germans or the German language with Nazi or like just, right. you know, Nazi German, Nazi speeches. Um, and just Nazis in general, but sometimes it does suck a little bit when like you realize that people really only know the German language from that context and mm. really only know the like screaming and like the harsh R, like the rolled R that like Hitler yeah. did in his speeches, which like yeah. isn't really how we speak German anymore these days. So like that is sometimes maybe like a little bit disappointing where it's like, well, we're so much more like, of course, we Germans, like we know that. So for us, it's like it doesn't bother me that much because like, of course, I know when I see a World War II movie that we're much more than just that. But when you realize that maybe for other people, that is gives them like a very limited view at Germany, Germans and the German language that yeah. can be a little bit frustrating sometimes. Oh, no, for, for sure. E even as an American living here, I get frustrated when people only see that about Germans because I'm like, no, man, it's not it's not like that. You know, it's 2022. Things are a little bit different now. Yeah. And Germans are lovely. So like, you know, yeah, broaden your horizons, brah. But I, I thought you're you're. Your, the video you put out was great where it was the op you know there, there's this classic uh, video that everyone has seen where it's like somebody saying a different a different or a word in five different languages and of course like every language is like beautiful and calm and then when it's the german version it's always like the screaming guttural nasty sound but you did the opposite video where you showed actually german when like said normally yeah, with, like, like a normal human <laughs> actually sounds like the nicer version compared to the these other these other languages it was, no, it was really cool that video was brilliant i loved it thank you i appreciate that it was really hard like i will admit that I was looking for words that do actually sound harsher in like at least three other languages than they do in German. And that was yeah. pretty hard because like especially like French or Italian, um, I feel like it's really hard to find words that sound ugly. Like most of the That's words, true. even even the bad words sound beautiful by nature. So like, of <laughs> right. course, it was like it was a, it was a you know, it was a fun video that, of course, was just like playing with that stereotype. But there are definitely like many beautiful words in German. So yeah, there and like are. especially when I repeat those things, like what you said in the video, the like uh, original video that everyone has seen. Um, if I just like said all those words, like Krankenwagen or what's that? Schmetterling. Schmetterling, yeah, exactly. Um, it just doesn't it's sound like the way that. No, they it's say not it. that hardcore. But <laughs> if, if you scream not. anything, it's gonna <laughs> sound terrible. Yeah. Exactly. Butterfly. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's why I like you put out like no. No, it, it, you can just say it calmly and it actually sounds very nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of friendliness versus unfriendliness, uh, Ooh, yes. next question. Now, uh, this is, and it's probably related to something a lot of people don't know that is kind of a common practice in Germany. So 
imagine you're back in Germany. Uh, you have to go to, you know, your house arzt, your like local doctor for whatever reason. You walk into uh, the waiting room or say you're already in the waiting room and somebody walks in. They say the uh, normally a German will say hello to the entire waiting room. This is something I've experienced only yeah. only in Germany. And I wonder why do you think that happens considering in general Germans like are not very um I don't know what's uh very like oh maybe open to so, strangers like like to strangers on the street yet when it comes to a doctor's office for some reason it's like okay it's I, ha morning, I have hello. to say hello <laughs> to the entire group like have, have you experienced this first of all yes definitely i mean honestly even for me that was always weird like growing up it's just something that you you know see your parents do and then you just adapt it from them and you just yeah. do it yourself when you're at the doctor's by yourself but i have never really understood where that comes from because as you said like we don't usually greet strangers a whole lot. I mean, sometimes in like smaller villages, people do on the street. But in general, like Germans, yeah, don't really do that a whole lot. The only time I can think of is like uh, at like an Eckkneipe, like a small bar, people knock on the table. But that's kind of like, that's but, but the that's only other situation. they're not strangers. It's like, these are the people who come to Eckkneipe every, you know. Yeah. And, and small villages also, it's, you know everybody, right? So that's why they sure, say Even in a big city like Berlin, yeah, people always get more, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, not, it's interesting. Yeah, because because you don't say hello walking down the street in Germany, no. you know, to random people. So no. I, I don't know why it's that one location where. Yeah, I, I will say in some villages they do. So like if people are listening right now that are more from like a rural area in Germany, they will probably disagree with you. But I mean, I grew up in a big city and then you guys live in a big city. So in the cities, that's definitely not a thing that people do. Sometimes in rural areas, it's more common that people do greet each other on the street in Germany. But yeah, it's it's this unwritten rule. And honestly, I my only explanation for it is that. It's just because a lot of doctors' offices are kind of like in apartments in Germany, and it's like this very sure. like you're in a very small space together, and it's like this uh, very like private feeling space. Like you're very close with each other, right? In the in the waiting room in the Wartezimmer, yes. yeah. and um, you kind of like maybe spend a lot of time there, like an hour or half an hour, or however long you have to wait. And I feel like maybe it's just I think it's awkward for Germans to be that close with strangers and not like say hello or like do something oh, with that, them yeah, yeah not that, could acknowledge be, yeah, that makes them. sense yeah and i think also unlike other public spaces it's extremely like every everyone's very silent right not talking yeah. so it, maybe it feels just like yeah awkward you're like okay i've kind of walked into almost like somebody's living yeah, room and, and, and it's silent so i need to acknowledge these people and there's somehow. never like yeah. the elevator music or something it's always just dead silence yeah and i, f I feel like in general like even though we don't usually interact a whole lot with strangers as you said Whenever it's like, let's say it's a party or something, or just like even a get together, like a dinner at a friend's place, and there's like a friend of that friend that you haven't met before, I feel like Germans get much more personal in those settings very quickly, like even quicker than Americans do. At least that's that's my experience. Like you, oh, okay. If, like I don't know if you agree with me on that, but like if it's like a more, so basically what I'm trying to say, we try to like protect our kind of privacy sphere like a whole lot more <laughs> right. in, in Germany right yeah. like and so like as soon as someone like gets into that bubble though like for example by sitting at the same dinner table I feel like Germans are trying to get to know that other person more and like deeper than yeah, I'll, Americans I'll that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I'll definitely buy that yeah true yeah uh, I really thought about it until right now but you're definitely right uh when hanging out with some German friends and I'm like the other friend I noticed that their friends really kind of um, try to talk to me a lot and make you make me feel welcomed. Yeah. And I feel like yeah, Americans might be take a little bit longer, which is kind of not the stereotype at all. But I think you're right. Yeah. But I think also the Germans, they're trying to be nice, but they're also trying to figure you out because as she said, yeah. you, you <laughs> have entered their private sphere and they want to yeah. know, oh, yeah, okay. know, is this guy, should he be in my private sphere? Like what's, he, what's, what's he all about? Yeah. What's his yeah. deal? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but it's also like when you go to a beer garden and you sit at, you know, there's like a, a half the table's open. The other people always acknowledge you, you know, like uh, Germans always acknowledge you. Be like, oh, yeah, please sit down. Hi, hi, how, how are you? And then when you leave, even though you didn't talk to him at all, they'll be like, all right, choose, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, weird. Yeah, I feel like also in those kinds of situations, like when you're at a friend's place, I feel like Germans also get very personal much quicker than Americans would. Like Americans stay on that small talk topic, maybe talk about bands you like or movies you like, something that's like yeah. not too personal. Um, but Germans will maybe ask like, what do you do for a living? Oh, why do you do that? Do you like that? Or, you know, like these very, um, 
very deep questions about like, oh, I wonder why did you choose to do that in your life, which is like a very private question. Um, <laughs> Actually, true. Actually, I've had a few times, yeah, where they kind of get straight to the to the nitty gritty. That, that is true. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I only brought that up because I feel like maybe to Germans, this like Wartezimmer situation feels a little bit more like that. It's like it doesn't maybe feel like you're sitting with strangers in a bus, but maybe it feels more like, wait, we're all like in this room together. Maybe also going to the doctor feels a little bit more private in general because, you know, yeah. all these other people have some issues. And maybe that's because like that's why it feels more like they're in your private sphere right now. And it would be yeah. awkward not to say hello. That's yeah, my I, only I explanation. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and again, to everyone listening, these are all just no, Felice opinions, no, we our opinions. We don't, we don't have to. I know. People know. Like, okay. come and on. speculate. Like, yeah. It's just a guess on my end, too. Yeah, exactly. like, I don't even we don't, know. We don't represent all Americans. It doesn't represent all Germans. Everyone but knows. This next question does represent all Germans. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Bar none, 100%. <laughs> Not one exception. Why do Germans... <laughs> Feel it very necessary to wake up early, go to the beach, put their towels in the chairs to claim reserve them, go back up to the room, have breakfast and shower, and then get pissed off when someone's sitting in their chair because they put a towel on it. <laughs> I I do not know. I hate this myself. Like my family and I, I don't remember if we ever did that ourselves. I don't <laughs> think so. But also sometimes when you're at like a resort where there's mostly German tourists, you kind of have to because otherwise you don't like get another chair left because like, <laughs> that's all, true. Yeah, they're that, all going to be expected. reserved. <laughs> um, but I feel like we were always the people that would definitely like be pissed about that and like, you know, talk shit about that behavior. Um, and also my family was never the kind of family that would get up at six in the morning on vacation. Like we would get up at Fair. 10 and yeah. maybe grab can, the can last you... five minutes of the breakfast buffet and then go so to weird. the pool. But I don't know. Can you have an insight plan. Like I, I, I can imagine like the German dad you know, wake, waking up to his alarm going off at 5.30, ugh, grab the towels, go out to the beach, come back, goes back to sleep till for two more hours. Like, But the thing is, with these, these towel things, I don't honor it. I just take the towel off because I'm sorry, yeah. the towel does not reserve anything. You are, you're physically not here. I need your body here or else it's not your chair. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah if someone's like in the pool and you see that no, no, they no, went no. from that. That's different. Yeah. That's different. But you seem like put the towel and then leave, like literally leave the whole area, not for to the hours, bar. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's ridiculous. Then, then you've lost your chair. Sorry. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so every, every, all listeners wondering, every German does this, every <laughs> single one. Felicia's lying right now. She does it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as I said, I'm not sure. If, I'm, I'm sure we've done it before, but I definitely do know. That we were never the kind of people that like wanted to do that or tried to do that. But I think we've definitely done it sometimes because like otherwise you just you lose your chair. But I think maybe this has <laughs> to do like with the German planning, like love for planning. And maybe like even yeah. on vacation, some Germans can't stand the idea that they're not going to know if they're going to have a chair at the pool later. And that they need to like have, <laughs> that, rough. have that security. There's <laughs> no way know. to live life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really don't no, know though. It's awful. It's an awful I, I, habit. I get what you're saying though, because if everyone else is doing it, even though you don't want to do it, it's like, okay, mom, well, if we don't put a towel out, we're, we're screwed. Like we're going to get nothing. You know? Yeah, yeah, kind of. You're, like, yeah. you're forced into it. Just, yeah, it's just don't, peer pressure, man. Yeah, if you don't want to do it, just don't go to Mallorca. <laughs> or, no, but this happens. It happened, it happened <laughs> in Crete. It happened to everywhere. I mean, come on. The Germans are everywhere. They are everywhere. Yeah, we we'll are everywhere. Yeah. And I will tell you like, from like because we went on a lot of summer vacations in like all different kinds of countries and there's always like certain hotels or like resorts that are specifically popular with Germans so like there's always like this one hotel that is mostly for like the British then this one is specifically French and then this one is specifically German and then if you're at like one of those very German places then everyone will basically do it it, it would actually be fun to go on a holiday and kind of like hotel hop and see the difference between like the <laughs> French ones and the German ones and the Italian ones and yep. the British ones be fun I mean, and you the can just British... tell by the empty chairs with towels sitting in them. Then you're like, okay, Germans are here. The yeah, French exactly. ones full of cigarette smoke everywhere. <laughs> German ones too. German ones too, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, German ones too. The a stereotype of the British on vacation is always that they're the ones with the really bad sunburn. That That's don't, true. True. Yeah. Yes. And the loudest. And I must say drunkest, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, and drunk. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. So, sunburn and drunk. That's the... The British, yeah. Even yeah. in Mayor, even in Mallorca, like they outdo the Germans. Like they are, they are louder and drunker than, so, than the Germans. Just offending so many people. <laughs> I know. Yeah, stereotype alert. Who's next? <laughs> uh, okay, so next we're gonna get a little, a little, little serious. Not too much. A little okay. serious here. Dive into German history a little bit, because you know, as me and Alex have have lived in Germany for uh, like a decade, too whatever. long to count now. Um, you, you tend to notice that you know Germans like 
even though we just we just said they don't like to say hi to people, they do kind of like to to get into other people's business in a way. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, you know, your nachban, your, your neighbors are want to get into your business and they want to tell you what you can and can't do in the courtyard, in the hof, and or how to throw your trash away properly. Yeah, or or you know, uh, you know, you're you're walking a little too close to the edge of the of the platform, and an old ger- <laughs> old German lady yells at me saying, "You can't be there. Look at the line." That that sort of a thing, yeah. and. And over time, we've kind of saw this uh, kind of like this mistrust of of Germans have that we've perceived for, of their neighbors and and kind of their overwatch of their neighbors. And we've been wondering if this has to do with German history, especially in the in the East, considering 40 years uh, you're under East, the East German uh, government in which with the Stasi people are constantly telling on their neighbors and getting their neighbors put into jail and this sort of a thing. And I think one in four people were an informant back then as well. Yeah, because yeah. you're, you're hoping to get, you know, on the good list or whatever. And we're wondering if if kind of living under these oppressive regimes have led to this kind of mistrust slash overwatch of, of Germans have for each other. But we could be completely wrong. So we're wondering what your thoughts are on that. Honestly, that's never something that I ever thought about in that sense. Like, I mean... Maybe you're right, but I could also definitely see like Germans already being like that before all this history mm. happened. Um, so I really have no clue. I don't remember anyone ever like mentioning that connection, but I mean, it's possible for sure. Like we've definitely as a country uh, gone through a lot of shit in the last century. So, yeah, m- maybe that's a thing. I feel like there's just this overall love for rules and things have to go a certain way. And Germans don't really like anything going in a way that's unexpected to them or being spontaneous. So that's just like what I can say to that is that I feel like it's just people's love for rules and everything being structured and regulated. But I don't know if that comes from our historical background. No clue. I I mean, it's it's a pretty... um loaded question i mean there's a lot going on there but it's something we'd thought about that there, there might yeah. be an, influ- an influence because of that but yeah like you said they could they could germans could have been like that 100 years ago and you'd have no idea uh yeah but anyways, I've, good yeah i really don't know i feel like i've what i always thought a little bit is like that um germany and also other more like northern european countries love planning because of like the um seasons and because they had to plan more just like historically because you know, unlike in more like southern countries, they couldn't rely on the weather always to be good. And they had to make sure that they right. reserve all their food for the winter, that they survive. So I, I always thought that maybe like this whole like planning and being structured thing maybe goes back to that a little bit. Oh, yeah, it could um, be. Yeah, yeah, true. But you you might be completely right. Like maybe some of this mistrust, especially towards your neighbors, has to do with the like Nazi time and also DDR time as well. It could definitely maybe be it's a mixture both maybe it's none of yeah. it yeah i, I really but don't know it, it's just an interesting thought experiment i don't know but we'll, so what if we learn back to your back where we started we have no idea we yeah, don't know. yeah we i'm don't sorry know. no but answer on my end <laughs> i mean i wasn't expecting you to have the whole answer for yeah. all peoples but i was hoping <laughs> so felicia not many um people i think around the world know this but germany is a great country to drink beer but it's also a good country to drink wine. And wait, Germany wait, makes, most people don't know that Germany's a great country to drink beer. Well, the second part, the, the part I'm oh, saying okay. right now, is that Germany also makes a lot of great wines, uh, especially white wine. And so maybe you know, I don't know, but why, <laughs> you probably don't know, why is German wine so cheap? And why do people in other countries not know about it? It's a shame. Yeah, there's a huge German wine region that nobody yeah. talks about. Very true. I mean, many Americans don't know that Riesling is German, for example. I've, I've found at true. least like here. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know why it's so cheap. I maybe would assume it's because <laughs> groceries in general are pretty cheap in Germany and maybe they kind of have to adapt to that. Maybe it's also because Germans really like to save money and they always go for the cheaper wine. And so the market kind of like moved down with the prices. That's, <laughs> I have absolutely <laughs> no clue, but that's kind of like my, my first like guesses that I can come up with. Um, yeah, I feel like the beer just kind of overshadows the wine in Germany. Like, I think it's just it's, people talk so much about the German beer that the wine just doesn't really get any attention. But, I mean, Riesl, everyone knows Riesling, for example. And I think right. people drink other German wines abroad even, but maybe don't even realize it's German. Um, I didn't really, True. like, know this for the longest time either, like, growing up in Germany until I, like, you know, turned 16, like, 15, 16. And suddenly I realized that there were wine fests, just like beer fests, but they're, like, wine feste. 
um, yeah. that people go to. And I was like, wait, why do we have, why is that? And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I guess Germany makes a lot of wine too. And, I, you know, growing up, I wasn't really aware of that either. Um, and yeah, if you, I, the thing is, I'm not a wine drinker myself. So I'm not really the perfect person to ask, but I do know when you go to the grocery store in, in Germany, you can get really cheap wine for like, I mean, you guys probably know better, but like what, five three euros? Euro, four yeah, euro. three, yeah. Two, three, four euro. And it's actually like decent. It's not, you know, no, like two bucks chuck. That's it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's a big wine drinker and she, you know, she always buys the three, two euro bottles of wine at, at yeah. Netto. At uh, Netto. And it's, uh, it's fine. It's pretty good. And, and it's, it's not going to be, you know, the best wine in the world. But, but it's, it's very, it's, it's decent for wine. Price really good, like yeah. for a nice Grauburgunda. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Riesling is my is my favorite. It's so good. But when I have an American visiting me and I get like the four euro bottle of wine, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like they're like, like, dude, come on, like I'm not cheap. We can get something yeah. better. And I'm like, no, this is actually, this is probably the equivalent of like a fifteen dollar bottle of wine in the states. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you you anything three or four dollars in the states, you, it's crap. It's I've actually super struggled sweet. before. Hey, also, yeah. it's like all sugar. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I struggle before too. You know, someone invites you over for dinner, and you want to, you know, bring a nice bottle of wine. That's what you know. That's what that's what adults do. I learned when I became an adult. Uh, it's in a book, and <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to find like a really nice bottle of wine at Netto. So I was like, I'm going to spend like you know 12, 15 euro on a nice bottle of wine. And I bought one that was like six because that was the most expensive one I could find on the shelf. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. My parents always bought the wine from Aldi, for example. Like, I think mm, yeah. uh, they're, I don't know if they have a house brand or what, it, but like they specifically it's always Aldi, bought that. They for that. sure have a house brand, yeah. right? Like they, ha- they must. <laughs> so, and I, w- I always know that like that was for all the adults that drank the wine. They always really liked it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's different in Germany because here I feel like the cheapest wine that you usually find is like maybe 10 $10, like the, is it the barefoot wine? That's like mainly oh, sugar. Yeah. Barefoot, yeah. Yeah, I know that Don't because... Don't forget about uh, Franzia. Oh, yeah, the the boxed one. Oh, yeah, um... <laughs> boxed wine. Box of wine. So yeah. good. Which, like, Which actually... is actually that weird. Yeah, in France, like, people have boxed wine all the time, and it's actually good wine. So, like, just because it comes in a box doesn't have to mean that it's bad, but here it usually does mean that. Yeah, the wine is this the same. <laughs> but, I mean, like, how often do you come across German wine... In the states, if ever. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, Riesling, like every now and then, for oh, sure, okay. like on you know on menus sometimes. But I've really found that most people don't really realize it's German because like sometimes I'll you know we'll talk about it and they'll be like, oh yeah, Riesling, and then they're like, wait, why do you say it like that? And I was like, oh, it's, it's a German <laughs> word, like that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> oh, see, I thought Riesling was Italian and Grauburgunder was the German Riesling. I don't think so. No. No. Oh, okay. So Grauburgunder is, is its own thing, and yeah. Riesling's in German. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're both German. Both German. Yeah. Well, you Grauburgunder is German, really? Doesn't sound very German. <laughs> <laughs> but but Riesling to me also sounds like a very German word. So I'm surprised you thought that was Italian. Riesling. Oh, okay. Right. Riesling. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, how how do your American friends say it? If I mean, they don't say Riesling. sometimes because I feel like Americans often get the I E and E I confused. So some oh, yeah, say like Riesling or something. Yeah. Something like that, or just like or re- Riesling, and they look at me weird for doing the German R or something like that, you know. But other <laughs> than that, it's just a completely different word that they don't understand. <laughs> yeah, they're like, why do you say it like that? But other than that, it doesn't come up a whole lot at all. Like, I mean, German beer comes up all the time because, like, a right. lot of places here do have like maybe one German beer on their menu, or like when you go to a German place, it's always like, hey, is this authentic? But the German, the German wine, people are just not really aware of that. And I don't think, except for Riesling, I encounter that a whole lot here. So, and what what is just just because you just mentioned it, what is the most German beer you do see at like restaurants or bars or whatever? What do you mean by most German? Like most authentic? No, or? no, like, like the, no, like the, uh, the, the biggest brand that you see more often. Yeah. For brewery. whatever reason, uh, Wein Stefana is everywhere in the U.S. And like it's from Freising, which is close to oh. Munich. And um, people in Munich know about it because Wein Stefana is also, they also make the milk, pro- the dairy products. Maybe you know. And isn't that the oldest, bre- isn't it like the oldest brewery in Germany? I think so. I mean, they claim to be. I never know how true those those claims are, but yes. Fair. I think they um, all claim to be, right? <laughs> they market it that way. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, Wein Stefan even has like a campus um, from that's connected to the Technical University of Munich. It's like one of their outside campuses. It's in, in Freising, a little bit north of Munich, where you can actually study um, Brauwesen, so like brewing. And you can also study cool. agriculture there and stuff like that. So from being from Munich, I knew that brewery, of course, but I was very surprised to see that they're everywhere here. 
Like I've seen them at so many different restaurants, especially their Hefeweizen. And then I've also seen like Weinstefaner trucks drive around. And that really wow. surprised me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw when I was in, when, last time I was in the States, in Rhode Island, I went to uh, uh, this little area near, uh, near, near the aquarium anyways. And they also had it. And I was like, oh, that's, I'm going to drink that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, guess they I have thought a, it was only specifically that one place, but I guess. Uh, uh, I feel I like they just why. have a really big export market here for whatever Good reason. For them. Yeah. At least it's not in Beck's, you know? Yeah. Well, I uh, don't know. Have, do they have Beck's in the U.S.? I mean, I'm sure they do because I know yeah, Beck's I mean, is exported, but I don't feel like I ever see it, though. When I was growing up, or at least, you know, when I was. That was definitely the biggest German beer that I knew that I would okay. see the most often was Beck's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my least favorite German beer, I'd say. Yeah. I don't mind bags. It's all right. It smells like weed when you open it up, though. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you noticed that? No. I've have you noticed, noticed that, Felicia? I never drink bags, so, like, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I only would ever, like, drink... Growing up, we would always drink Beck's lemon. Like, that was a thing that, uh, yeah. you know, the 16-year-olds would drink because it's, like, a, sure. a mixed beer, like, almost like a radler. Um, and then sometimes in clubs in Munich, they would sell that for, like, 12 euros a bottle which oh God. is oh like great now i get the bad beer and i have to pay so much for it too but i don't remember that <laughs> no <laughs> okay that could, that could just be me i don't know <laughs> i once in england saw it, um the american budweiser for like eight or nine pounds a bottle mm. for the small nice. bottle so i was like i was like guys don't, don't and there was like a bunch of like london businessmen and they're all excited buying it i'm like please don't. really i okay. like american budweiser i like it i like it too but i don't think i would pay that much money for it like i like it because no. it's like it doesn't cost a lot, and to me, it's like a decent, just solid, basic lager. So that's usually exactly. what I'm looking for. Um, I mean, don't like, don't get me started on Bud Light and all the light beers, but Budweiser is like, I don't know, pretty, pretty no, exactly. solid. Um, but I also and, like and it I, because fa- it's cheap. So exactly, and I found in the states sometimes I kind of got sick of like drinking like double Bach IPAs with bacon mm. infused, and I was like, I just want like a regular <laughs> lager or like a pills type thing. And so I found yeah. Budweiser. It's cheap and it it's, it tastes fine. So. Yeah. I like that. So just like, this is at least a little Reinheitsgebote, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I personally, like just coming from Munich, don't really like all the banana flavored and chocolate fa- flavored no. IPAs and stuff like that. I know it's an acquired taste, but like I just didn't grow up with it. I like my just Lager and like maybe Weissbier. So Hefeweizen, um, we don't even drink a lot of Pilsners in Bavaria. That's more like a rest of what? Germany kind of thing. Yeah, but like Bavaria yeah, is really mainly Lagers and Hefeweizen. Um, I mean, Pilsners are fine with me, too, because they're also pretty just like basic, solid. Um, right. But I'm not a big fan of all this crazy, you know, IPA no, stuff and the light beer either. That's that's just water. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why we drank it when we were, when we were like in our early 20s. Because <laughs> if you want to drink a lot of beer, that's really cheap really quickly. There's only one way to do it. Exactly. <laughs> Natty light. Oh, speaking of a lot of beer. <laughs> now, speaking of drinking a lot of beer now, for most Americans, in order to get naked in public... They would have to be hammered. Mm-hmm. Here's my next question. <laughs> Yet in Germany, here's my next question. Like my transition here. In Germany, even though Germans are known for being uh, socially, uh, what's the word? Reserved. Uh, reserved. They are fine getting completely nude in public for some reason or another. Do you know where, like, where does this feeling come from? Where, like, they, 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 they're really into following, like, they, like, they'll, They'll see somebody breaking a rule and they have to go after it. But also, on the other hand, they're fine just taking their clothes off in front of. Well, everybody. they're doing it on a nude beach, so it's like you know, it's 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 no, no, the no, rules. No, but no, but there's no public parks in Munich where you can do it. I mean, it's just like, there's like pretty much do it everywhere, and I, I think it's actually technically not against the law. I have to ch- I looked it up once. Uh, it's oh. is only if you're kind of you know doing it in an aggressive manner or something. <laughs> but yeah, uh, aggressively naked. So I'm pretty sure that you can only do it in a designated FKK area. So like even in those in the English Garden in Munich, like there is designated areas where you're you're allowed to do it. Um, and me personally, I don't like hanging out in those areas. So I'm not really the kind of German who does that a whole lot. Um, even though I mean I do feel I do feel more comfortable being naked than a lot of Americans. I would say like for example, going to a public pool in Germany, like especially if it's like um in the winter and you go to the indoor showers afterwards, um yeah. you will see like a whole lot of people shower naked in there even though you're all strangers since like a big group shower. I don't know if you guys have ever encountered that. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's, or, or like at, at a spa as well, like yeah. like yeah. football yeah. or something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or like yeah, even uh sports clubs like soccer clubs. I don't know how that is in the US if like 
sports teams here also get into a group shower afterwards and all shower naked. Um, I think in the States they do, yeah. Yeah, so like that's definitely a more normal thing in Germany, and that's something that I at least grew up with because I, I never like went to the FKK, like the, the nudist um, yeah. area at the beach or the park. I think some families like raise their kids like that, and like my family isn't really part of that culture. Um <laughs> But yeah, even like not being part of that culture, I definitely would say I'm more comfortable with that. And I honestly, I, I think it's just kind of a, how do I explain this best? Um, the so being socially reserved thing, I think, is like an, an efficiency thing for Germans. Like if there's no point in interacting with someone, like why would I? Why should I be nice to the stranger if uh, I don't have any intention yeah. of being long-term friends with them? Whereas I feel like the example that I said earlier, meeting a friend of a friend where you feel like you might you know, meet them again or actually become friends with them yourself. There's a point in actually getting to know them and like having a conversation with them. But I feel feel like with strangers, we're more like, okay, you're my cashier right now or you're the bus driver um, and you're just here for to be my cashier or my bus driver. And there's like no point right, in to getting- to bring a service. Yeah. yeah. There's no point in like getting to know you on a personal level. And there's also no point in me sharing anything personal with you. I think that's kind of like the German mindset. Like we don't really like- wasting our time with those kinds of things um which of course like <laughs> americans why waste our time with friendliness Come basically on. like of course i don't really see it like that anymore but that's i think the idea behind it um and also like in a lot of cases when people are too nice to you and they're strangers because we like to always have a reason for interacting with people we can get very skeptical when someone's like too nice to us because we're like wait why are you doing this what are your motives are you trying to sure. sell me something are you trying to scam me like what's what's the, <laughs> yeah, the hook and I, here and, and i can see that look in germans faces if say if i'm lost and i go up to somebody to talk you can see that look of like oh what's your intentions here like are you selling me like cheap internet what's going on you know what i mean yeah. exactly so i think that just in, in our mind that's the reasoning behind that. And I don't think that the nudity has anything to do with that. I don't think we don't talk to strangers because we feel uncomfortable around them. I think it's just we don't see the point of it. But then being naked, especially in certain situations like in the group showers, for example, I feel like it's just like an efficiency thing. Again, like there's a reason. Like why would we not get naked? It kind of doesn't make sense to shower with your clothes on or with your bathing suit on. And I think <laughs> Germans are just like very <laughs> rational in that regard. And also... Yeah, we're just like a more open culture when it comes to those kinds of things like sexuality and nudity and like everyone has a body. And I think Germans are just very much like there's nothing to be ashamed about. Everyone is like looks the same when they're naked. So if I get naked, that's like nobody's business. And I feel like the whole nudist culture, though, in the parks and at the beach, that's like a next level thing. There's just like I think there is an actual culture behind that. I think the nudist movement was like founded in Germany or started in Germany. And yeah. that's kind of like next level that even I don't fully understand because like I personally like uh, swimming and like getting into the ocean with a bathing suit on, bathing suit on more than doing it naked. Like I, I feel like it makes more sense also. Um, but yeah, that's I don't I can't really speak to that. But in general, I think <laughs> the being naked and the social interactions don't really have that much to do with each other. Yeah, yeah no, fair enough. Well said. Yeah, it's it's just funny the differences because in the states it's the complete opposite. I mean, I mean, Alex, you were saying like you you can't even go to a spa because like you can't get naked in front of other people, right? So <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's like it's like I'm in, sure I could. It just it just seems like a lot. It's ingrained yeah. in American culture where for some reason like we're so open in every other way, but we're so prudish about things like that. Because I remember, yeah, so many times showering with my swimsuit on, and you know, like. We're just we're just so weird about that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Like, yeah. I think I think a lot of in the states has to do with a lot of the uh, the very religious culture when America was founded, and I think kind of that seeped over into generations. And now, um, yeah, I don't know, but it's it is interesting. Yeah. yeah I mean, I only went to my first German spa what a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. My first time doing the whole naked thing in a spa and. Oof. And I, I don't know why, but the first few seconds I felt just because I'm was not i not used to it. But then after a few seconds, yeah, you just look around. And it's like, okay, there's a guy. He's naked, but he's just reading a newspaper. And here's somebody reading a book. And like, nobody cares. Like, the, it, it's not about the naked thing. It's just like, why would you go into a sauna with your clothes on? You would die. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah. so, it's, so, so nobody's looking at you weird. And you have a, and I remember we struck up a conversation with this random business guy next to us. 
and we're both you're all fully naked, but you like you forget about it. You're just talking about. But how it. did you know he was a business guy if you couldn't see he, his he, suit? Because he said he was there for business. Did, he, then did he, he have a tie on? <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Just a tie. Just his socks naked. and a tie. <laughs> naked with a tie. It's a good look. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in addition to that, um, for whatever reason, we also maybe sexualize bodies a little bit less in Germany. Um, I don't know where that comes from, but I think that's also just has to do with that. I think in the U.S., nudity is always or not always, but very quickly associated with sexuality. And like you don't want to sexualize teenagers or kids. And so you don't want anyone Mm. to see them naked. Um, But for example, I remember not really remember, but I remember it a little bit. And I was also told from my parents that like I um, as a kid didn't really wear bathing suits when we were swimming somewhere or on vacation until I was like four and we have like a family picture. I was I would just run around naked at the beach like the whole time. Um, and I guess they didn't, you know, think anything of it. Like I feel like an American family would maybe think, hey, I don't want anyone to see my four year old kid naked. But um, in Europe where we would go on vacation, that wasn't really a deal breaker at all. Um, so we have like a family picture where um, it's the four of us, like my parents and my brother and me. And they're they're all dressed like even my brother, who was like two years younger than me as a baby, he's dressed. And I'm just fully naked in the picture and just like <laughs> standing there like that, like with my arms like <laughs> open and super happy. Um, so, yeah, for some reason, I think we just don't um, don't see like nudity in the same like sexual light sometimes. No, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're not immediately jumping to all like the negative aspects of it. Like, oh, there could be a guy, you know, taking picture of this that you're just like, no, it's just like, yeah, it's relax. a body and yeah. it's being free. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. Enjoy, yeah. The be- enjoy the beach. <laughs> this is interesting because this is a be- definitely been cultural thing that I noticed from an American where I think a lot of Americans goal is to buy a house. Like that's mm-hmm. like everyone's dream. And I read that only 35 to 40 percent of Germans in all of Germany own property either apartments or houses uh, much many germans prefer to rent do you have any input on that of of why that is because it is interesting yeah i mean i did a video on that recently and it seems to be a whole complex topic um Oy. yeah i i definitely like experienced that myself recently because i did buy a house here in the u.s um and especially the area that i'm in it's like not that special to do that in your 20s um, real estate is relatively cheap here. Like it's not the same in like mm, big city nice. like New York City or in California. Like probably, yeah, I wouldn't be able to <laughs> afford anything there. Um, but like here, having a house is like not that crazy luxury thing that it is sometimes considered in Germany. I feel like if a friend of mine bought their own house in their twenties in Germany, it'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, how did you even? Like, how did you do that? What's happening hey, rich here? Rich boy over here. <laughs> yeah, but also kind of like, are you sure about this? Because I think Germans just view that as a very permanent step. So like, um, I talked about this in my video for like twenty minutes. So I'm not going to get into all of it, but oh, I did shit, some sorry. research. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I did some research, and like, basically, there's a whole lot of different factors that come into play. Like, one of those factors um, is actually like historically, because after World War II, there were like about twenty million people that needed housing. Um, because it, so much was destroyed in the war in Germany. Right. And then also we had all the refugees basically coming over from the eastern zone um, sure. that were just completely new to West Germany. And so basically the government and private investors um, built rental housing because that's like the the quickest way you can get housing for everyone really quickly. And also the economy was completely unstable and nobody had the money to buy their own house. And also we don't really have that that much space in Germany either. So it's definitely a luxury to have your own house, especially when it's like freestanding. So in Germany, even having a row house or like a duplex is pretty luxury, I would say. But if sure. you have like your yeah, own yeah. like freestanding house with your own like with a yard. With a yard and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's next level luxury just because we don't especially in cities, we don't have that space usually. Um, here in the US, that's like the norm. I mean, um feel like yeah, yeah, so much space everywhere. Yeah. yeah. This huge, huge section of the U.S. that just have nobody living there because there's, there's just, it's, just it's, it's freaking, it's enormous. It's a yeah. giant country. Yeah, I mean, I, I was saying, tell, telling them the other day that the state of California is larger than Germany, but Germany has two and a half times the amount of people yeah. living in it. You know, yeah. it's like 30 million versus 80, 80 million. 85, 56 million. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Yeah, we're a very densely populated country. Um, but yeah, so basically that, like the historical aspect had something to do with it um, because basically then like Germany kind of transitioned into being like a renter's country. And then also we have a lot of renter's protections in Germany. So being a renter like gives you actually a lot of 
benefits that you don't have in other countries. You can't just be kicked out like that. And like, you know, there's like the Mietpreisbremsen and whatever, like uh, things in place that help that the rents can't raise indefinitely. Um, So also I read that rental housing is relatively nice in Germany compared to other countries, which like I wasn't really aware of. But like thinking back, like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, most rental apartments are pretty nice. Like I haven't really seen a That's whole lot true. of shitholes in Germany. <laughs> That's um, actually a really good point. I, mean, they, I never really exist, thought about that. But yeah, I've, I've always had fairly nice apartments. Yeah. Yeah. No, good point. Yeah. For, for, but I mean, for good prices, not because I'm rich or something, but just because in general, that was was offered at the time. It's okay. Yeah. You can be rich. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I could be, but I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you know, there's like all these different factors that come into play, but also um, the like taxes and transaction costs are a lot higher in Germany to buy property. So like, all that, like, I think goes together um, to that to the point where, like, Germans really don't buy a house or don't feel comfortable buying a house until they're really sure. So this is really something I feel like that Germans don't do until they have a family and they're like, OK, this is where we're going to settle down and we're going to stay here for at least a few years, 10 years longer for the rest of our lives. Whereas Americans often buy a house and then sell it in two years or a few years. And that's not a big deal here. But I think in Germany, because of the taxes and all the transaction costs, and also a little bit the mindset. Um, it's like, it's just a different And situation. there's some laws as well. Um, so me and my girlfriend, we, we did buy a place here in Berlin three mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And there is a law, at least I think it's, I don't know if it's nationwide or if it's just Berlin, but we're not even allowed to sell it for another five to eight years or something like that. Oh. Like you have to live there for 10 years. I think it's 10 years. I live there for 10 years before you can, before you can sell it because they don't want people to be you know, flipping places super quickly because that's terrible for just for everybody, yep. especially in a city where there's a um, a crisis here for, for housing. Okay. Yeah, but also just, yeah. I mean, it's also a reason why people, one of the reasons why people aren't buying houses here because if you if you knew you weren't going to be locked in for 10 years, then you would be more comfortable probably, you know, yeah, buying yeah, houses. Yeah, because at least in the US, you have the option to do what you want with your money and your own property, which in, in, right. in Germany, I think it's a little bit of overreach, but I won't go into that, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair. Yeah, totally I don't fair. know if that's a nationwide thing or not. I, that actually did not come up uh, in my research. It might be just a Berlin thing maybe, but also maybe I just didn't come across it. Um, so yeah, overall, it's just a really big step for Germans. And like a lot of Germans don't really have a reason to buy real estate. Like even though I would argue that the like dream of owning a house is also a thing in Germany, like the um, Swabian people, for example, say, uh, what, should, what do they say? Schaffe, schaffe, häusle baue is the, um, the Swabian saying, basically saying like work, work, and then buy your house is kind of like the life goal <laughs> there. So it's not like we don't have that life goal, but I know a lot of older people also who just like live in rental properties and they don't really have a lot of disadvantages by that. I feel like they just pay their rent, which are usually like kind of regulated even though like there has been a big increase recently in Germany. So like right now yeah. is maybe not the best like example time period to talk about this, but usually like right. traditionally everything was like more or less regulated and not too bad compared to other countries. Um, yeah. So like, why would you like take that risk and take that commitment to buy a house if you don't really have to? And then also there's this other factor of like Germans don't really love taking risks and Germans don't <laughs> like being in debt and you kind of, you have to usually That's, take yeah. out a mortgage and you have to, that's like a very big risk to take. That's why the credit cards here are so ridiculous because people don't like being in debt, which no. Germans like having money in the hand and they know it's theirs, put it in the bank, it's yep. mine or in my sofa mattress. Yeah. <laughs> if that's your... Don't come over. That's your deal. <laughs> now, now, if if you've bought a house, uh, that kind of means you're gonna be staying in the u.s for a while or is that that seems like a bit of a commitment eh? yeah but see that's the thing like i look at it the american way so like i'm kind of like well i it's the american mindset is it's better to buy a house and like have that as your like investment like have your money invested rather than paying rent to somebody every month where like that money's just gone so it's better exactly like that's kind of the the mindset here um And then I can either rent it out or I could sell it. So honestly, no, like for me, buying the house was more of a kind of a smart step, like gives me a lot of advantages. I have more space. It's my own. I can do with it whatever I want. I can make some profit off it in the future, hopefully. Um, My money is invested. But also since, you know, it's so normal here to just move again, even if you do buy a house, I don't feel like I have to stay here for 10 years. Like I feel like in case I don't want to rent it out at some point, I could just sell it again and maybe buy a new house or move back to Germany. And it's really not that big of a deal. 
I mean, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really tie you down, I guess. Now that I think s- about it. Using a VPN, I've seen even these like American commercials now where they have apps where it's like sell your house in three clicks and use in 10 minutes. So it's like it's now a whole market now of yeah. this buying and selling houses. In I would very say quick- now, I think it's just been like that for decades. With apps? No, 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 but, the, but buying, buying and selling and flipping and all. Yeah, that Yeah, no, for that. sure. But I'm saying now it's like, like there's an app for it. Like it's, it's, it's just, I find it completely wild. Yeah, that I mean, you can just... buying the house here only took me like 30 days, like from the day that you like view it and then like make that offer, and then it's like a 30 day period, and then you have your house, and it's really, I don't know, it's they don't make it that big of a deal here, and I was even surprised mm-hmm. because my realtor, um, I would ask her all these questions, right? Because I'm, I'm German, and even though like. I didn't feel that it was quite as big of a commitment as it would have been in Germany. I still wanted to make sure that this is a good decision, that I'm very informed about this, you know. And um, she was like, oh, you ask so many questions. You want to really understand everything. Because, like, you know, I wanted to understand the contract and all that. (laughs) Yeah, you're buying property, man. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, that's just interesting because most of my buyers, like, just want me to handle everything. And they don't even care to handle all these things themselves or understand them themselves. And I was like, weird. Because I... got that same feedback when I did the exchange semester here in the U.S. And like my advisor was like, wow, you're the girl that asks all the questions because I was so used to like having to take care of everything yourself in the German university system. And then in the American university system, you kind of don't have to like they kind of do everything for you. It was a little similar with buying a house. I was like, what do you mean people don't ask these questions? I feel like I'm not even like I'm only doing like the bare minimum in my in my view. (laughs) I feel like other Germans (laughs) would ask way more questions even. A quick question to compare now. So we had to go to a notary mm-hmm. and uh, spend like, I don't know, three hours there where he read every single word of the contract and paused every five sentences and asked, do you understand? And we would say, yes, and say, I will continue now. Yeah. And it kept that happened a lot. Is that a similar process in the States? For me, it took 15 minutes to sign that. It oh was God. weird. I even felt uncomfortable because, like, they just basically summarized the contract for me. They were like, okay, in this page, it basically says this and this. Here, sign it. And I, like, I would take it and, like, German as I am, I would at least, like, try to read through it super quickly because I, I don't know if I can trust their summary of the whole thing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're taking the word on it. But I mean, yeah, I just ended up kind of like signing it because there was five people around me that were all basically waiting on me and they just expected me to just trust the summary. And then I was, yeah, in and out of there within 15 minutes. So that was also that's, weird. Yeah, well, that's insane. Well, in the US, it's up to you to read the contract. They're, it's not going to be like in Germany where they make sure you've read it. It's like, okay, it's you had the time. You could have read it. Do you know what I mean? The, like, the, but there were a lot whereas of Whereas here they're like, okay, do you, do you understand everything? Yeah. There were a lot of pages that I didn't have beforehand. So that was the thing. I was like, wait, I haven't seen this before. Because there were, you know, like all these weird like attachments for whatever title insurance and all this other stuff that uh, I didn't have before I went to this appointment. So... Yeah, I mean, I ended up signing everything, and I, I hope everything's fine. But um, you might want to read your read your contract one more time, just double, just a little, yeah. just a little double check. Yeah, it was it was definitely way more casual than I know what it's like buying real estate in Germany. Not because I did it myself, but like my parents and you know sure. older older people. Like I know, as you said, it's such a big deal at the, at the Nota, and it takes super long, but not here. I'm not I'm not older people. Alicia. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> I, to her I, you are. I meant to imply because I said earlier that it's not super common to buy a house in your twenties. Like I meant I don't know that from my personal experience. Oh, he's not his twenties. I'm not my twenties, so guys. Yeah. So you are older. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. anyways, uh that's that's enough. But you know <laughs> she did mention that she has construction, so maybe she is flipping the house right now. Maybe. Not super flipping. Like I'm Could not doing the thing week. where like you buy this like run down house and then completely flip it and then sell it for a super high profit but i mean we do have some things that we want to change in here so yeah well good luck of kind, course I yeah guess, good luck a little bit flipping i guess <laughs> thank you a little flippy yeah. <laughs> now we would love to ask more questions but we went way too damn long unfortunately we, we are a, very over that's that's a no, whole no, it's, thing it's fine. <laughs> that i do no no, it was it was fun. Doesn't matter. The other questions are crap anyway, so it's okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you want to know like how long I can talk about a topic, I just uh, published a topic about bathroom differences, and it was twenty minutes long. Yes, I can oh, talk well. about no, I bathrooms for twenty minutes. Because <laughs> we we've done like three episodes that included bathroom stuff, so specifically uh, toilet stuff. But yeah, that's I know, true. I know. So yeah, I apologize for the length. Oh, good. Not nah, fault. It's always fun having you here again, everybody. This is uh, Felicia, who hosts the YouTube channel. 
Faley from Germany. You can just type that into the YouTube and it'll it'll pop up. And uh, even the Google, even the Google and uh, the Yahoo's if you still use. Oh, them. Yeah. you can ask Jeeves. <laughs> yeah, ask Jeeves. I'll Alta Vista it. Or Bing, if for some reason you live in a cave. And, no one's Bing. Uh, <laughs> but also, you can find her at the uh, podcast Understanding Train Station, uh, available where podcasts are, are available. Are available. Yeah. So, you know, yes. the usual. The usual. The Apple, just the Apples and the Googles and the, yeah, everything. So <laughs> you can just type, just type Felicia and she'll just pop, she'll be the first one that pops up. Don't worry about it. So yes. thank you so much for being on the show again for the, have we decided fourth time? Third, yeah, let's call it fourth I think, time. I, don't know. I think third. Oh, third, time? Okay. third time? <laughs> third time. I'm, I'm, third I'm, time. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think my, like, my hands couldn't decide if I wanted to do the German three or the American three. Um, ah, true. <laughs> but yeah, I think third time. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me again. I really hope that I could um, answer some of these mysterious questions that you had for Germans. I feel like Absolutely. I, we didn't really find like clear answers for most of them, but I, I really tried. No, but that wasn't the point. <laughs> that, I didn't expect you, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Thank you again, and uh, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you in the future at some point. For sure. Chances are. <laughs> yes, definitely. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And that was Felicia for the what did we decide third third time third time, third time um, yes you know she, like she was the first guest on the show uh, we've been on her show uh, it's like. You know, it's always fun having her on. Yeah, on, she's on. awesome. We have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so, uh, yeah, as she said, I hope that gave you a little insight into the German psyche. Yeah. <laughs> or at least into one German psyche. Into one German psyche. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I want to get into your psyche, Jeff, and know what you Wait, think. Wait, do you want to get into my skull? <laughs> yes. Because there's a skull on the bottle. That's Damn right. it. That was really good. Stupid dad jokes, right? I want to get into your skull. Nice. Um, I was on the verge of sexual. Want to get your skull? No, oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, we're drinking Smokehead Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, uh, distilled and bottled in Scotland because it is Scotch. It is Scotch. And um, I, I want to see a, a Single Malt Scotch Whiskey that's distilled in Ireland. That's what I want to see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, well, let's do let's, one last little taste here. Really good. Cheers. It's so hot in here. <laughs> It's, yeah, guys. By the way, this is this is a this is an extremely hot day, oh, and, and we have to have the windows closed to record the podcast, and we're both just oh, dying. Good. Um, but anyways, um, I like it. I like, like it a lot. I, I, I've drank quite a bit of it, uh, or not? I'm not. I, I'm surprised you've actually drank a decent amount for a very smoky whiskey, and that's not usually your uh, your thing. Yeah, and it's it's just good. Um, and it's, it's you know we like we very rarely have a smoky whiskey. It's nice once every fifty episodes to have a smoky yeah, whiskey. It reminds you know? me of like a Lagavulin, but without. All those other flavors to it, not as complex. Not as complex. Yeah, for, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna sound like a douche. Not as complex. Not as complex. Uh, but it definitely is. It's a bit sweet and smoky. I don't know. I like it. And it's uh, only what was it? Thirty euro, 35. 30, 40, 40, Yeah, exactly. Like so not bad. So I'm gonna go with a uh, seven point nine. Mm. Last one we did is like, this is never seven point eight. Nah, I can't do another seven point eight. Can't do it. Mm. You can do seven point eight five if you want. Nah, seven point six. Okay. Yeah. That's what, what were you? Seven point nine. Yeah. Seven point nine. Seven point six. Cool. Love it. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, let's go ahead and Alex sign us out. Everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, stay thirsty. Here we go. Cheers. Smoke a. Smoke a.